Welcome to the Rebel Physician Podcast, where we are creating a path for physicians to break free from the toxic medical system to create an enjoyable and a sustainable career in medicine. Join us each week as we challenge the status quo, push boundaries, and seek to create a better healthcare system for all. Hello there. This week, I'm going to tell you about my leap of faith. So if you don't know already, I'm an OBGYN physician and I graduated from residency in 2016. And two years after I got my first job as an attending, I became partner of my practice. And despite the ups and downs and my burnout and all of the things that I've talked about in other episodes, I was very happy with my job until I wasn't. And the story I'm going to give you the highlights, but this these things happened over a variety of years. This is probably two years in the making. It all kind of came to a head last year, last May. It was it was the time where I, I gave my notice with my job. So there were a couple of things happening simultaneously a couple years ago. One was that my family was growing. We went from two kids, three kids. Um, we moved houses from one town in New Hampshire to another town in New Hampshire, and that's always a stressful thing. I had some family stuff going on. My husband had, was having struggles intermittently, and, and I was as well. At that time, I was working full-time. I was always, always was working full-time, and I was also growing a coaching business. So it looked like working full-time and then coming home in the evenings, working on my business and coaching on at, on um evening times, which I really did enjoy, but it became very draining, became very taxing on my marriage and my own quiet time. And I got to a place maybe two years ago, year and a half ago, that I was feeling so burnt out just from life, so tired from life. And it was tough because what I really, really loved spending my time on was the coaching and the building my business and the connecting with other doctors working on the podcast, that kind of thing. But the majority of my time was taken up at work. My my job is an OBGYN. And I didn't feel like I had enough free time or play time at all. So I was at work one day and I remember asking myself, like, how can I have a little bit more time but not have it impact my practice? And at the time when I was talking, when I was asking myself this question, I was an owner of my practice and I cared a lot about holding my end of the deal up, right? Like I wanted to make sure that I was doing my part and being productive enough. And I didn't want my partners to resent me or feel like I wasn't working as hard as them. So this is really important to me. I wanted to be productive and efficient in the office, but still have more time at home. So the answer my mind came up with was to see more patients, but just work fewer days. So I brought this to my partners and they were very gracious and they allowed me to try working one less day a week, but seeing the, seeing higher volume in the office. And this was possible for me because I'm very efficient in the office. I had never left my, I never left work with any charts to be left to be done. I had really good boundaries about labs and returning patient calls and that kind of thing. I had all the systems in place to make this work for me without it bleeding over into my personal life. And for a while, this is working really well. I had a whole other day 
at home to just rest or be with my kids or whatever. After a few months, my partners came to me and said that it wasn't really working on their end because they had to, they had to respond to too many patient calls on my day off. So, and they were beginning to feel this feeling of resentment and that they didn't want to harbor any resentment and have it affect our partnership. So I said, okay, um, then we'll go back to the schedule that I had at this time. We had already decided several years before that we were going to sell our practice to the hospital in town because financially we just couldn't make it work anymore. So COVID happened. There were, it was probably a three or four year wait before this, this was going to come about. So finally, around this time, we knew that we were going to be acquired soon in a few months. And at that time, the physicians working for the hospital practice had the schedule that I wanted. So the whole goal was that I would just make it until the hospital owned us. And then I would be able to work the schedule that I wanted to work and still be considered full-time, which was two full office days and a call a week, and then maybe some surgeries. So I went back to working the days that I was working, three days in the office and one call. The problem was that my office now knew that I could see that volume of patients. So they would constantly double book me, sometimes triple book me, ask me to see add-on patients because they knew I could do it. I was seeing annuals in 15 minutes and it just became so overwhelming. There were a variety of meetings with my partners at this time and comments were made that I still hang on to now that I realize for me at the time, I didn't see, I, t- I internalized, but were actually red flags for working in a, in a dangerous environment. And they were comments like, I have noticed that your notes were really slipping and it seems like you're just not, you're not you like you used to be you. The problem with these comments were that they were said to me, blaming me and not with any genuine concern about how I was doing. So it was more of after the fact, once I, once I said to my partners that I'm struggling at work and I'm struggling at home to find a balance and I'm feeling like I'm um, burning out, the, these comments were kind of thrown at me like, oh yeah, we've noticed, we've noticed that about you, but there was never any concern in the moment about how I was doing. So the first thing I want to tell you is that if this is the kind of environment that you work in, then that's a red flag. So it means that no one really cares about how you're doing unless it's affecting the bottom line or it's affecting them in some way. Okay. So that's one thing I want you to know. So it went on like this for a while, knowing that we had this acquisition coming up, but I became more and more I don't know what the word is. I became more and more unsettled with the job I was doing. It became more and more uncomfortable for me to be there because throughout this process, I was going through my own journey and unshedding of conditioning and, and who I, who I am and who I realized I was. And more and more, it may, it became very clear that the person I was evolving into no longer aligned with the job that I was doing and the people I was working with. It just didn't make sense anymore. And it became physically uncomfortable. Like I was tired all the time, constant headaches. It was very clear to me that it was no longer a fit. I was trying to go in and fit into this 
whole that I wasn't, it wasn't me anymore. And that was very hard to articulate, to articulate at the time because I wasn't around anyone. None of my colleagues or peers had ever been on a similar personal or spiritual journey like I was on. So I couldn't really explain this to them in terms that they would understand. It was more that they would just see me as not wanting to work or being lazy or something like that, which is very typical of medicine. So at this time, there were a lot of family pressures with my husband and our marriage and that kind of thing, which also made it harder because I felt like everything I had was trying to just get through the workday. And I would get home and have nothing left. So my family was getting like a shell of a human that I, that I was. And it got to the point where I just, I knew that I couldn't go on like this anymore. It was, it was not a good situation. So probably, it was probably about February or or March of 2022. And we were going to be acquired in May by the hospital. And we had been going back and forth with contract negotiations privately. And unfortunately at this time, the hospital was not willing to negotiate my contract at all. Meaning they said, you have to work the schedule you're working now. That's what we're buying is your productivity as it is. You cannot change it or we will not repay your student loans. We won't um, give you insurance. We, it, we won't buy the practice unless you work the schedule it's working now. And this was a huge pill for me to swallow because I thought that I was get, going to be working a better schedule like was promised all of the years before. So I was really struggling with that and knowing that we had to sell the practice in order to stay financially viable and I didn't want to let my partners down. So I signed the contract and it was a 16-month contract. A couple of years ago when we got the initial contract, it was only a 12-month contract. So there was some changes there that the hospital refused to amend despite negotiations. And this is another tidbit that I want to point out and, and share with you. This happens all the time. Hospitals are being are unwilling to make changes to a contract because they don't, they quote unquote, don't do that. What I will tell you is this is a huge red flag. Do not sign on with a company like this. Okay. It means that they look at everyone the same. They absolutely do think you're replaceable. It is not worth it. Okay. I felt very stuck. I felt like I had to sign the contract. And at the time I said, okay, I will get through this. I will get through, I will do the first 16 months. I can do this. And then we'll think about what to do after that. And I didn't know what that was going to be. I just knew that I, I couldn't work like this for more than a year, maybe a year and a half. So I signed the contract and then my family and I, we had a couple of vacations and I was continuing my own spiritual and identity work. And it's like the physical, mental, and emotional burden accelerated even greater after that. I was in a place that was really awful. I was sad all the time, anxious all the time. I couldn't enjoy anything. I mean, I guess we call that depression, right? And I had a lot of anxiety and I was working all the time. I was still, you know, seeing the most patients out of everyone in my office. I was the most productive. I was, I had some difficult calls with some challenging patients and 
I was starting to feel a lot of resentment, which is not like me. A lot of comparison and resentment, and that's not who I am. And all of these feelings kept flooding in, and I knew that something had to change. In the meantime, I also had all these family pressures knowing that something needed to change. And I got, I guess I'll call it a sign from the universe, that it was time to make a change. It was time to give my notice and it was the worst possible time <laughs> I could have done that. I had just signed on a 16-month contract. Legally, I knew I had to work 16 months. But the the universe or God or I was being told, I knew that I had to leave. I knew I had to give my notice. And there was a, I don't know, I don't know if any of you guys have like a spirit animal or a totem, but um, at the previous adventure retreat that I was on, I had declared that my my spirit animal was a dolphin. And this is um, this is a retreat I did in 2021, I believe, at Hilton Head, Omni Hilton Head. And I proclaimed I was having a dolphin as my spirit animal. And then I basically asked God or the universe to show me a sign of what I needed to do. I needed a sign. And I saw all these dolphins. And that's a, that's a story for another day. But essentially, I was assured. I felt, I felt an intuitive gut instinct that it was the time. Even though logically, it was the very wrong time. It was the complete wrong time. Because I had just committed for my partners, for myself, for the hospital, to give in 16 months. But the family pressures that I was feeling... And this, the whatever it was, side from the universe was telling me it was time. I needed to leave. I wasn't going to last any longer. So I was in my kitchen and I literally said out loud, I'll never forget this moment. I said out loud, okay, I surrender. I surrender to what must be. And in that moment, what I was surrendering to was the sign that I needed to give my notice and leave this job. Because so much of my suffering, for the past several weeks and months had been, I can't do that. Logically, it does not make sense. I could be fined. I, I don't know what kind of legal action they could take. It, it was not logical for me to do that to my family without anything lined up. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't even know if we could afford to pay whatever money that I had to pay if I broke, if I breached my contract. Like Logically, it was terrifying but I surrendered anyway. And I wrote an email giving my notice essentially. And that was May of 2022. And the next, I gave a four month notice and the next four months were horrific. I mean, truly, truly horrific. And what I'll say is that despite the fact that those were such hard months, I did have a sense of pure grounding and a knowing that despite the fact that it was so horrible, I had made the right choice. Despite the fact that I would have these moments of panic when I was meeting with my lawyer and negotiating with the hospital and dealing with a lot of resentment and ill will from my partners that I knew it was the right choice. And I'm not blaming anyone. People do what they feel that they have to to keep themselves safe and their family safe. 
All I know is that I will never treat anyone the way that I was treated in these four months. And I want to thank everyone in my office who was there for me, truly cared for me. Because there were a few people. There were a few people who really made it so that I could survive. It was a challenge. It was really hard. So what I'll tell you, another the third thing, if you are contemplating a huge change, following a gut, is, uh, gut instinct that doesn't make any sense, what I'll tell you is that it doesn't mean that just because you know it's the right thing, it makes it easy. This was not easy. It was the hardest thing I have ever done. And I would do it again in a heartbeat because it was absolutely the right thing to do for me, for my family, for our mental health, everything. So I got through the four months and heard comments like, um, you did this on purpose. I resent you. You're not supposed to love your job. You caused your own burnout. You haven't been working that hard. I mean, really horrible things to say to someone who has just admitted to you all that they've been going through. Because at this point, I told my colleagues what I was dealing with and what I was struggling with personally and professionally. And I was met with these comments. And I don't wish that on anyone. That was really, really challenging. I had a lot of grief. I was grieving the loss of these relationships that I that were very close to my heart for the past six years. So four months came and went, and I had to I told my patients in the way that I was able to that I was leaving, and that was really hard. I mean, I take care of a lot of these patients since, since I started, and I cried many nights that I had to tell these patients that I was leaving, and they were so wonderfully gracious about it, and um, they're just all wonderful, wonderful humans, and I'm so grateful that I got to take care of them. I had to negotiate with the hospital about my contract breach. They initially wanted me to pay them $97,000, which they claimed to be the loss that I, that they would have for me. Um, luckily, I had a very good lawyer. This was decreased to only um, about $27,000, which is still, of course, a huge amount of money that I had to pay to leave this job. And I think that... I did get to a point where I didn't want to argue with the hospital anymore. There was definitely some interesting math because they had already found a replacement for me before I left. So anyway, it, it's in the past, but essentially I got so tired. I got so tired of fighting and talking about it and crying on Zoom <laughs> with these people that I just I just had to say, you know, my sanity is worth more than that. And I stand by that because I, it was such a relief when I just decided that this was worth paying. So October came, or September was my last call, the end of September. And a few days later, my family and I moved to Georgia from New Hampshire. Let me go back and tell you how I got this job that I did, because that's really a beautiful story. I'm constantly getting calls and emails and texts from recruiters. I think every doctor does. And I usually just ignore them because I wasn't actively, look, actively looking for a job. When I gave my notice, I was looking for positions in the South, like in Florida, 
Carolinas, that kind of thing, because I wanted to be in warmer weather. So I got this weird text, and it said there's this job in a town called Tifton, Georgia, which I've never heard of, and I know had don't know a soul in Georgia. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll respond. And I ended up talking to the administrator and loved what I heard. It was a laborist position. And I talked to some of the current laborists, and I loved what they had to say. They were my age and had young families just like me and had wonderful things to say about being a laborist, which I had never been, but I was going to give me a lot more free time and flexibility to be there for my family. So I came and interviewed and I loved the town and the practice immediately. And everything really just fell into place. And that's how I knew that I was supported. I was supported in this decision. When I decided to surrender (laughs) to the calling to, to change and to give my notice, everything kind of just happened as it should have happened with no effort. Meaning I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't do anything for to find this job except for respond to a message and respond to the job offer. I didn't do anything except for just be ready and listen to what I was meant to listen to, listen to my gut instincts. Um, my husband came down, he found a house that we love uh, on, a, on a beautiful lake. It's a beautiful location in a wonderful neighborhood. We found daycare for our youngest right away, even though every daycare in town was full. My husband walked into a daycare right next to where I work, and they had an opening that was the JJ's age, exactly the age we needed, the only opening in town, basically. And it all was so perfect, so perfect. It was like I couldn't have planned it to be more perfect than it was. And we get down here, and of course, there's bumps along the way when you move your entire family to Georgia. Uh, of course, not to mention that I found out I was pregnant unexpectedly about a week before we moved down here, <laughs> which was interesting timing. Was, that was a whole other level. So anyway, we get down here and my credentialing at the hospital was delayed because they didn't look at my file in the, the month that they were expected to. So I ended up working in the office, the OB office for the first month. And at that time I was really burnt out about with the office because of how I was treated in the office that I left. So I was hesitant to do that, but I got to the office and it was amazing. The, 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 everyone I work with is amazing. I'm such an incredible patient population and they needed exactly the skill set that I had to offer and enjoyed doing in their office. They needed efficiency, they needed protocols and procedures, they needed a bridge between the hospital and the office, and I'll spare the details, but essentially what they needed was not the job description that I moved down here for. (laughs) They needed something completely different and unique, and I saw that I could fill in a gap that would really benefit everybody, and also me, because the gap that they needed filled meant that I didn't have to work nights anymore no calls, weekends, holidays, which as as a full-time OBGYN is almost unheard of to be able to work full-time with that kind of schedule. But that's what happened. And I offered my idea and they were on the same page when they realized my skill set and what I was able to offer the patients and the community and the, the practice. So that's what I do now. I work at the hospital a few times a month as a laborist, I work in the office and oversee that and work on efficiency and 
see patients and it is amazing. So this went a little bit long. I was trying to stay brief. But what I'll tell you in closing is that this, the past year and everything that I went through has formed me and fueled me into the next version of myself that I knew, I knew I, now I know I'm destined to become as I continue to unfold more layers of who I am. And with that, with that unfolding came the fire that I have now for creating this rebel physician movement. And I truly feel that somehow my legacy is going to be starting I don't know if it's a revolution or a rebellion or a movement where physicians feel empowered to live their life as they damn well please. Medicine doesn't control us. And I felt so stuck and controlled by medicine. And even though it was scary as hell and not logical at all, and there were some of there were some financial repercussions and I lost friendships and relationships and there was so much judgment externally, which is what we're also scared of. Now that I went through all that, what I know is that every single second of that was worth it for this. It was all worth it. And so many physicians feel so paralyzed because of the fear of what will happen if I have to pay money? What will happen if I don't have a job? What will happen if someone judges me? All that stuff happened to me and it was worth it to cut the ties that medicine had around me and feel truly free to be who I am meant to be, to fulfill my purpose. So if I can inspire one other physician to break the ties that they feel, then it is all worth it, 100%, which is why I'm here doing this podcast and why I've created the free Rebel Physician community where we talk about things like this, where we support each other so that you don't feel completely alone like I did going through all this. No one should have to feel that way. You should be able to take a leap of faith on, in your life, but know you have a supportive group of physicians behind you. So come join the Rebel Physician community if you haven't already. I'd love to hear from you about anything. You can find me on social media at kristinyatesdl or k821gmail.com. Have a great week. Hey there, just wanted to take some quick time here to let you know that if you have been thinking about doing a podcast and it feels really overwhelming and you like the idea of podcasting, but the other stuff like the editing and production feels too overwhelming, I wanted to let you know about the people who now edit and produce my podcast, which is Pretty Easy Podcasts. And for the first year and a half of my podcast, I was doing everything myself. And I had tried to contract out editing and it was really got some really, really bad (laughs) results. So I was hesitant to try again, but I'm so glad that I did because working with Pretty Easy Podcasts has been so amazing. They can get your shows recorded, posted with a complete podcast studio at your disposal. You could record from home, your office or the park or really anywhere. And then they totally cater to your schedule and It's just so easy to work with them. I cannot say enough good things. So if it's been on your mind to do a podcast, then definitely check out 
Pretty Easy Podcast at prettyeasypodcast.com and sign up today. It's super affordable and it's so fun working with them. So definitely check it out. Yeah.